With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Beth Bond coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, and we are really excited about today's topic because we get to talk about tequila, oh, and cars and sustainability, and we're really honored to have uh, Debbie Maloweski, I probably butchered that, Debbie, I apologize, on board with us. She is a research, oh, good, (laughs) she's a research scientist, and I'm going to call her a farm-to-car maven for Ford Car Company, and we're so excited to have her. Um, Ford has just announced... uh, a partnership with Jose Cuervo. So um, Debbie is the gal who is doing all that work. She's been a research scientist um, since the late 1990s at Ford, and she is helping meet the company's aggressive sustainability research goals. Um, she um, is a technical leader of plastics research at Ford and predicted a time when oil prices would soar, customers would feel the pinch, and Ford would need a solution. In her lab, she led the charge to reduce the amount of petroleum the company used to produce plastic parts, a financial move with an eye toward environmental consciousness. She turned to soybean oil, a favorite of company founder Henry Ford, and discovered the answer. So welcome, Debbie, and let's talk recycling and tequila. All right, sounds great. So we got a press release that we ran on Southeast Green um, recently about the partnership. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about why you would need to have this kind of partnership with Jose Cuervo? Yeah, so it's interesting. Our project has grown over the past 15 years, and we are now at a point where we're looking for waste products throughout the world where we manufacture our cars. So, for instance, we looked at wheat straw. So once you remove the food portion from wheat as a source of a natural fiber in Canada, because it's too cold in the majority of Canada to compost the wheat back into the soil. So what do the farmers do? They burn that wheat straw, which is terrible, terrible story. And so we were able to use it to reinforce bins in the Ford Flex. And then that led us to start thinking about, okay, what types of materials are available in mass quantities in Mexico where we assemble vehicles as well? And hence the, the, the agave plant, right? Because you're not really recycling tequila. You're actually recycling a byproduct from tequila. Yeah, so Jose Cuervo mashes and removes the juice from the agave pina, and after that point, the fiber has very few uses. Um, they're the largest tequila producer in the world, so you can imagine all the fiber that is left in the field or burned in the field as well. And so we're able to take that fiber from Jose Cuervo, dry it, chop it, compound it with, at this point, a, a petroleum-based plastic. But we are really pleased with the properties that we're getting and the appearance of the fiber in plastic is quite beautiful as well. So what, 
I mean, even the, I mean, so petroleum is still a uh, part of the solution, and it's probably going to be for the foreseeable future. But what kind of reduction in the use of just petroleum products are you seeing because you're using this fiber? Yeah, so that's a great question. And we have learned in our group to take tiny steps because if we wait for the ultimate in, um, environmental solution, we'll never get going. And right. so we're quite satisfied. We're taking 20% um, by weight of the Jose Cuervo fiber, and we're substituting that for um, glass fiber or talc, which are both mined from the earth. And if you've ever um, seen mining um, on the earth, it's really detrimental. And so these materials are more beautiful, and they're also lighter in weight. So the fiber, the Jose Cuervo fiber is less dense, and so that could help improve fuel economy as a side benefit. Well, I mean, we, we, we at Southeast Green agree with you that, you know, every effort is a good effort and every effort is a forward effort. So um, I, don't, I don't think that um, the percentage should be, because, I mean, 20% less is 20% less. And just as we were talking before we got on air about plastic straws, which my audience knows because I like to talk about regularly, um, you know, everything we can do towards it, you know, it just, we just, not only does it make a difference today, even if it's a small one, it, it, it's a building block for advances in the future. Yeah, and we're looking at the plastic resins themselves and making those out of various um, plant-based materials, but also out of carbon dioxide itself. And so people think that these are crazy, crazy ideas, but wouldn't it be great if we could take carbon dioxide, greenhouse gas, and build a polymer that produces the plastics? We save petroleum, we reduce carbon dioxide, and we're still able to have all those lightweight plastics in the vehicle that everybody loves. Now, how do you do, how do, you do that with the carbon dioxide? That's really fascinating. Well, it's interesting. So um, we have been working with a company called Novimer, and initially, we've been working with them for several years. Initially, we made some pretty bad polymers. So carbon dioxide has a carbon building block, just like any other carbon, and you can hook those together. Um, at this point, we're at about 50% of the material can incorporate carbon dioxide right into the polymer chain. And so instead of using petroleum, you're in part using greenhouse gas. And we're pretty pleased with the um, results so far. That's really fascinating and such a great thing, right? I mean, I think I, I actually um, did an article about y'all several years ago. You had another uh, team member who was down here talking about all the different ways they were using um, all the different kinds of agricultural waste in, in the manufacturing of the cars, and it was it was really fascinating to see the overall attention and and reduction that y'all were getting by using these kinds of things. And so Yeah, the greatest part about it is we're not willing to compromise. Every material we put into our cars has the same performance or better, better for the planet, lighter in weight, improves fuel. Why not do it? Right. And so I really want to applaud you all for that continued, like, passion to, you know, use waste products, things that we would have just thrown away. And... And so that's really amazing. So tell us what – well, first of all, I'm sort of we, – we have pictures up that people can watch while they listen, um, but I don't have one of this, this fiber plastic. Where is it going to be used in the cars? We don't have the application. Um, the next step in our research is to take the bars and the testing 
um, plaques that we've looked at in the lab and actually start molding parts. So we're working with our Mexico facility in Hermosillo to talk about looking at storage bins, um, possibly interior trim, if we can pass all the requirements so that the customer can actually see the fiber, um, some ducts, some electrical brackets, things of that nature, the Jose Cuervo fiber would certainly be appropriate for. And what, what was Jose Cuervo doing with its fibers before y'all came on? Yeah, so we contacted them. Um, gosh, it's over a year ago now, and they really had some very small portions of the fiber that are used for making trinkets or paper, um, but the majority of it was burned in the field. And so, gosh, 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 what a great thing to be able to utilize that material in a strong, durable part for automotive and other industries as well. So I guess my, my next question is, is, as we were talking about, sometimes it can be too good of a thing. We were talking a little bit also about recycling tennis balls um, before we came on board. Is, is there a possibility that they would just have no waste because of the fibers you're using? Well, at this point, um, I think the fiber uh, volume way out uh, does our need for it. But the hope okay. is to establish a more circular economy that balances the needs of industry and utilizing these waste products with how much the farmers have on hand. So we're looking at agave in other countries. Um, different, it's a different uh, species of agave. The blue agave is only grown in Mexico, but um, our whole idea is use what's locally available, plentiful, and is being considered currently a waste product or an excess product, and be able to put that into cars right where we're building them, develop the supply stream right there, so we're not shipping materials all over the world like we do today. Right, well, which also reduces carbon footprint. I think that's one of the things I like to talk about also at Southeast Green is unintended benefits. Like by making one decision, it actually has a chain reaction effect and you end up with all these unintended benefits, right? So now you're using materials that are next, you know, much closer to where the plant is, and so you're not shipping, and that also reduces carbon footprint. And we're also providing a new revenue stream for a farmer that previously didn't even imagine he could make money off the fiber that's left over. He's been burning it for years. So isn't that great for farmers all over the globe that industry could utilize these materials? Which which just goes back to yet another unintended benefit. I, that's, I love to talk about unintended benefits because there's just, you know, it's just win, 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 win. Now, the, you know, we're talking about reducing, reducing, I don't I don't know. So this is a naive question, but what the the parts that you're using now are the parts that you were using before were they recyclable and were they being recyclable and how recyclable are these new parts with these organic materials in them? Yeah, the car, the materials that we currently use are recyclable, but they are always available to downcycle. So if you start with a certain level of mechanical properties, when you reprocess a glass fiber, that fiber breaks, and so now your properties are 20% lower, and you have to choose a new application that will deal with that. In the natural fiber case, we're seeing that the parts are maintain their properties. The fibers don't break. They bend when they're being reprocessed, and so they have an advantage in being able to be put back into the same use. 
again, another unintended benefit of doing this work. That's that's phenomenal. That's really, really cool. And I think that must be what's really exciting for you, right, is that you start off with like, well, we're just going to use this product and see what it happens, and then you end up finding all these properties that make it even more powerful than 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 your assumption was or your hypothesis. Yeah, and that's, that's part of why we have our passion for this is because, you know, initially people told us we – we would never meet the properties of automotive. We would never be able to do this. And we see so many advantages in using less, in developing that circular economy where one man's trash is another man's treasure. And we've just been a society that wastes a lot. And shoring that up and making sure that resources are plentiful and we leave some of those resources right where they are in the ground is like a great thing. That's awesome. I mean, that's just so uh, just so in, inspiring and so encouraging because I think a lot of times people do sort of get discouraged um, and they feel like, you know, there isn't being enough progress made. And granted, you know, we've got a lot of progress to make, but it's these kinds of stories that gives people hope to move forward and, and keep on striving to make better decisions. And there's a lot of industries that are working with us now. So other big companies have the same vision, the same level of commitment to sustainability, and we've been partnering with them. That's kind of where we're getting all this steam to look for um, waste products within each other. But there's also some very smart scientists there. So if we work together instead of separately toward these environmental visions, we're going to get there a lot sooner. Awesome. Now, you, can you share who are some of your other partners that you're working with? Well, I think you're in Atlanta, am I right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, so Coca-Cola has been a partner that is interested. They use polyethylene terephthalate, PET, for um, pop bottles, water bottles, and they have been a partner with us to develop 100% bio-based PET for a number of years. Um, Great, great company with really smart scientists, and it's been nothing but energizing to work with them toward that goal. Ford uses PET, that same material, in our fabrics for cars and carpets. So I think, you know, I didn't even think about it before that the major companies may use the materials for different applications, but think about the volume of material we can address if we make the material greener for all of our companies. Now, we interviewed um, Coca-Cola when they re- they released their uh, plant bottle. Mm-hmm. So yeah. is is that something that, that that I just want to link that is that what I'm hearing also is is that that PET with the plant-based is being used also with y'all. Yeah, so um plant bottle um is currently about 35% derived from plant material and we're working right. together to get to 100%. So we work with universities and other companies like Nike and Procter & Gamble toward that goal. And in addition, Coca-Cola allowed us to take plant bottle material and instead of making a water bottle, pull it into a fiber, weave some carpet and some fabric, and we had a demonstration vehicle last year that showed that that material was suitable and durable enough for automotive applications. So now we're working toward can we get that plant bottle material in our vehicles. And I have that picture up on on the uh, on the show, so that that was kismet that I did that. I found a picture of that Coca-Cola Ford car. So that's really, I mean, that's right. The other thing is is the collaboration, right? Collaboration is always better. 
right? We all succeed when we, we're sharing information. Yeah, so it's interesting. I've been in automotive for 30 years, and we always worked sort of in a vacuum. You know, we worried about our competitors and what they're doing, and what I found in the sustainability arena is, my goodness, there's so many great large corporations that we can work with together toward the same goal. We're all using the same types of plastic materials. And, yeah, you're right. Two heads is certainly better than one. <laughs> right. So let's let's – I'm, um, I want to step back a little bit from you know the 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 more in the weeds kind of stuff and look at a little bit of a broader um, you know Ford perspective. So, how many pounds of renewable materials does the average Ford uh, vehicle use? So we're in the very infancy here, and I'll tell you it's about twenty to forty pounds, depending on which car we're talking about. But that's out of the staggering 400 pounds of plastic that's on a typical vehicle. So you can see we're very early here. Every vehicle has soy foam on it now that's built in North America, so we're super proud of that. But we have a long way to go, and um, so we're looking at all different types of plant-based technologies to make these. All 400 pounds is my goal, greener for everybody and better for the environment. You you were like me, Debbie, big dreamer. <laughs> I like it. Um, but you know, I mean, the good news is it's still ten a five to ten percent reduction. And you know, I always tell people, you know, that uh, back when the whole sort of you know environmental movement started in the 1970s, there was like ten percent of the population, you know, who did like eighty percent of the stuff. And if we could just get ten percent. 90% of the population to do 10% of the stuff, we would be so much better off. So you've, you've, meet, you've met that goal. And you're right. It's, it's a small number now. But when you think about the millions of vehicles that are produced, and each and every year we've moved to soy foam forever, right? We're not going to pull it out of production. And so those, those goals build upon each other. That volume builds upon each other. And we're trying to get other industries to use it as well. So hopefully we'll make an impact um, on the environment. Well, I, I mean, clearly, I, you know, you, you already are. So, and I do think it's really interesting um, that this is, I mean, because this is also the story of farming. Then, right? That you were talking earlier about the agave farmers have a new a new line of of income, but now so also do soybean farmers. Yes, and wheat farmers in Canada, we currently get um, our wheat from eight or nine Ontario farms, and um, those that material is put into the Ford Flex, which is built in Ontario. So that was kind of the first accidental local farm-to-car stream, and we went, aha, we should be doing this everywhere. So, yeah, Henry Ford had the vision long, long ago in the 40s that the farmer should be our customer and we should be the farmer's customer in return. So a symbiotic relationship, I like it. Yeah, I love it too. The farmers are like super smart. They've had a lot of great ideas to solve technical issues. They know that crap better than anybody else, so we just love working with them. And is there anything in the southeast, or is there anybody in the southeast that you know that you're working with? I guess soybean farmers, I know there's a lot of soybeans down here. Yes, soybeans in the Midwest are an excess crop, but one that you'd be interested in is rice hulls. 
are currently being used on the electrical brackets in the Ford F-150, so a very large volume vehicle. Um, it's replacing a talc material, and the hull is what's left over after, again, the food portion is uh, pulled out. And so I had no idea that rice was grown in pretty large quantities in the U.S., but the, in the southeast, um, it's, a, it's a major crop. Right. So I know South Carolina, probably the lowlands of North Carolina, and then probably Louisiana, which is probably underwater right now, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, so that's really cool because, you know, that once again, I, I think one of the challenges about the society we've built is there's just so much that we do and we don't think about it. You know, you just turn the light switch on. You don't think about what happens behind that light switch and what has to happen for us to have you know, the blessings of having electricity, which it truly is a blessing. Um, and so I think it's really cool that there are people like you out there who are, are taking those like, aha, let's do, you know, X and and do something really good with it. Yeah, I was raised by a Depression kid and um, a World War II vet, and really all we did was conserve with him. And my mom says I have those same genetics. But when I look around me and I see the amount of, I mean, we really thought petroleum was just going to flow cheaply forever. Um, I've been through several spikes in petroleum price, and it's not going to be there forever. We need to start looking for the alternatives, and they're right in front of us. Right. And, there, you know, there are neighbors in our own state, right, the farmers. Yes, exactly right. So I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question and I, I may have already asked this so I, maybe it's a different way to ask it but about how many vehicle parts are derived from renewable sources we talked about the plastic but overall I guess you know with the metal and everything you know if you if, it depends how you bin it because we haven't talked about rubber but right now rubber is from a tree Havea tree. In, um, grown in Asia, but we don't count that as sustainable at Ford because of the way it's grown, because of the resources it takes, because, um, and so it depends, all depends what you count. We have implemented within our group, um, researched and developed and implemented eight different materials on our cars currently, from soy to wheat straw to cellulose from tree fiber, um, and that replaces glass fiber in our Lincolns. Um, coconut fiber in focus uh, trunk liners. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the others. Uh, jute fiber in a Europe application. And so currently we have eight different materials: the rice hulls in the um, F-150. And what we're trying to do now is migrate those out to every single vehicle, like we did with the soy foam. So we start, we launch it on one vehicle, and then we try. Um, to put it onto the new vehicles as they come online. Well, that's that's. I'm just so glad we got to have this conversation because it really is fascinating. I I do think it really helps people understand that, you know, it doesn't have to be business as usual. That we can develop and find new ways to solve, you know, our environmental issues by using our environment that you know currently we, we use as waste. So um, we're actually almost out of time, so I want to give people, like if people want to get more information about this, where, where should we send them? Um, we can look at, uh, you could look at www.media.ford.com, and there you'll see some tabs for green materials or sustainability, 
and they can find more than they'll ever want to read, probably. <laughs> Excellent. If they're really interested in sustainability trivia at some point in their life, right? Yeah, but Beth, I have to say, we're having so much fun doing this, and really, it's, we're we're working toward goals of same uh, or better durability performance. The customer won't be disappointed, and we'll be able to year after year, um, you know, conserve the planet a little bit. Right. Well, Debbie, it has just been a pleasure and an honor to speak with you today. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy woman. I know you're in San Francisco today and going to be speaking tonight about this stuff. And I uh, wish I could be a fly on the wall for that conversation because I'm sure it's going to be fascinating. But we look forward to hearing more great news out of Ford and, and ways of reducing, you know, use, waste, reducing waste and increasing uses of that waste. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. It almost makes you want to drink more tequila, doesn't it? So, anyway, we want to uh, thank Debbie so much once again. I want to thank – we had several listeners in today in the chat room, so thank you for listening. Uh, please remember that this will be available on Southeast Green, so you can share it with friends. We're also on podcast. You can look uh, look up um, on your iPod, uh, Southeast Green, and all the episodes of Speaking of Green are there. And this is the kind of, of guests we have, people who are doing amazing things with things that we sort of took for granted before. Um, also remember, Southeast Green is available to you 24-7 online. If you ever want to reach out to me, you can uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Periscope, at Beth S.E. Green, and I'm happy to answer any questions if you want to hit me up. I'm actually better responding via social media than email. So thanks to our guests, and hope you all have a great green groovy week, and we'll see you on the next episode of Speaking of Green. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.